Are you entertained yet? All we've seen is trades here and trades there and players changing addresses and zip codes and postal codes. We wanted chaos and we've got chaos. Plenty of players that switched addresses yesterday. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Gabe Velarde, Alex Iafalo, Rasmus Kopari, Tyler Toffoli, Yegor Sharon Govich, Alex Newhook, Kevin Hayes, Mackenzie Blackwood. And today, Ross Colton joins the list of players that are changing zip codes, area codes, postal codes. This is exactly what we were hoping that we would get. This is exactly the movement that we were expecting And we aren't even at the crescendo, ladies and gentlemen. Like, we're not even close here. We look at all the players that are still available, all the stars. And we'll get to those in a bit. The Pierre-Luc Dubois saga with Winnipeg is done. We we focus our attention on on what's next for for Kevin Shovel-Dayoff. Is it Connor Hellebuck? Is it Mark Scheifele? Is it Blake Wheeler? Like, there's some work to do here. Um, I do love the return that he got for Pierre-Luc Dubois. I do like Dubois as a player. Um, but when we look at Velarde and Kapari, two young forwards who will slot right into the lineup, and, and Ayafalo gives you a nice little option in your middle six. But when we look at LA and and after that trade, what, what's happening here is there is there's work to do. They've got $4.5 million in cap space. They still have to sign Jared Anderson Dolan. They still have to bring in a couple of young defensemen. And, oh, yeah, by the way, they need to get a goalie. Um, Last time I checked, that position, kind of important. Then there's Calgary. And Calgary starts there. Let's call it rebranding. I don't want to call it rebuilding, but we'll call it rebranding. Tyler Toffoli heads to New Jersey, who now boasts a top six of, and remember this top six, Nico Heischer, Jesper Bratt, Andre Palat, Timo Meyer, Jack Hughes, Tyler Toffoli. Is that any good? Asking for a friend. I think it might be. I, th- I think it might be pretty good. But for Calgary, that's the start. We expect guys like Noah Hannafin to be moved. We expect uh, Michael Backlund to be moved. And, and then from there, it's how far do the cuts go? Then we had Colorado who jumped into the fray. They moved Alex Newhook to Montreal for picks of 31 and 37, and then they flipped 37 for Ross Colton. Now, when we break down the trades in their entirety, that is Alex Newhook for pick 31 and Ross Colton. That is a pretty tidy bit of business for Chris McFarland. Like, he is, he's adding pieces while not killing his roster right now. And... Depth was a real problem that the Avs had in the first round last year. When we look at their Stanley Cup run of a couple seasons ago, it was it was the depth. Like, their stars were the stars. Don't get me wrong. Kel McCarr was great. Nathan McKinnon was great. Miko Rantanen was great. On down the list. But they had depth at every position. And that depth was depleted last year. Now, they're bringing in assets. They've already brought in Ryan Johansson. At a, a nice team-friendly deal. Thank you very much, Nashville Predators, for eating half of that salary. But the Colorado Avalanche are, I don't think, anywhere near done. And we're going to talk about both of those teams, the New Jersey Devils and the Colorado Avalanche. But here's where this is going to get interesting. Here's some of the names that are still out there. We think they are out there. Some of them we know they're out there. 
Eric Carlson, Alex DeBrinkett, Connor Hellebuck, William Nylander, Evgeny Kuznetsov, Travis Konechny, John Gibson, Brett Pesci, Elias Lindholm. That list is amazing. Those are players that could all still be on the move, and it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen. I can't wait for tonight. This is exactly the chaos that we were praying for. This is exactly the movement we were hoping for. And the draft is yet to come. Matt Marchese in for Jeff Merrick on the Jeff Merrick Show. Elliot Freeman on the other side. Let's get started. This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Elliot Freeman joining us in just a couple of seconds. Ken Weeb from Sportsnet will break down the Pierre-Luc Dubois to LA deal. Sam Cosentino, our resident draft guru, will join us at the top of the next hour. And then uh, in the bottom half of that second hour, Christy Flannery, uh, Devils reporter for the Hockey News, will jump on. We'll talk about everything going on with Tom Fitzgerald and all the moves he's made. And uh, Megan Angley from DNVR Sports talking about the Colorado Avalanche. But first... Elliot Friedman, Hockey Night in Canada, and 32 Thoughts joining me on the line. Um, Elliot, uh, how many times yesterday did you have to charge your phone? Because that was a busy one. Uh, yeah, it was really busy. Um, it was a bit of a crazy day, honestly. Um, it was, uh, oh, geez. I mean, like, it's, it's still a whirlwind right now. Like, yeah. you're, as I'm doing this, I'm constantly getting texts and notes and you're just trying to keep in touch of things. Feel free to break any news on this show while I'm hosting it, okay? Makes me look better. Okay, sure. Thank you. I appreciate that. If okay. I'm not paying attention, it's because I'm checking things. <laughs> oh, I thought it was because you didn't like me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that too. Um, okay, so this is kind of a, it's it's more of a, a personal question about you and your job, but like it's been a busy week yesterday. It felt like everything just kind of ramped up again after the weekend. But do you get a chance to at least take a slight step back and look at everything and say, and, and realize how much fun this is, or are you still like, I'm in the chase right now and I'm busy and I can't really step back and look at everything that's happened over the last, you know, four or five days. No, I, I like it. I, I think it's, uh, I mean, look like that's why you get into this business is because of like times like this, it's exciting. There's, there's a lot going on. Um, uh, you know, I, I really enjoy the whole feeling about it. Um, and, you know, it, like, there's a lot of stuff going on. And, by the way, it looks like David Kemp is four years in Toronto. Uh, right. And that's, so that's the deal. Four years uh, in Toronto. I'd be curious to see what that, what that cap hit is for him. It's around two and a half. Okay. Uh, it's, I think it's four years. Four years for David Camp. Hold on. Hold on. I'm just putting it out there. I'll keep talking while you're doing work. Okay, so David Camp, it looks like a four-year deal, as Elliot's reporting. It looks like $2.5 million per season. And a guy that really kind of fit in in that that bottom six with the Toronto Maple Leafs. It didn't come in with a ton of accolades from the Blackhawks, but was a really good signing, a really good penalty killer, very good on in the face-off circle, kind of exactly what the Leafs needed. Um, 
my only concern with that is is if you're paying him two point five million dollars, does he slot in as your third line center now? Because that's a lot of money to play your pay your fourth line center in this market, especially with the Leafs. Well, I wonder if he'll move up. Like, you know, we still don't really know how this whole roster is gonna look, right? Like, um, you know, obviously Oh my God, it's so funny. While I'm talking, I'm supposed to be walking to this one area, and I just got totally lost. Like, I have no idea where I am here. Uh, where in the world is Elliot phone, Friedman? Because I was just looking down on my phone. <laughs> well, look, like, you know, you've got Matthews at one center, you've got Tavares at another center, mm-hmm. and you know what? Then after that, like, you know, Kerfoot, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I don't know that he'll be back. I mean, it didn't sound like it, but. You know, you never know, right? And, uh, you know, obviously O'Reilly, I mentioned on the pod this morning that it sounded like it was a real roller coaster and yesterday was uh, a bit of a down day. But you never know. Like, you, at this time of year, like, that's the way it goes. It's up, it's down. It's So at the very least now, Cobb can be their, their third-line center. So, you know, we'll see. Um, obviously, they have a role for him in mind, and, you know, right now we just don't know what the roster looks like. And and he thrived in that third line role, like in his first year with the Leafs. As they started to acquire more center depth, it changed. But as a third line center, it was Engvall and I believe it was Kerfoot. Oh, McKayev. Engvall and McKayev were the other two guys on that line. It was a really good line. They were very good defensively. Didn't get scored on a whole heck of a lot, and they provided you know a little bit of offense. Um, so for those that are just joining us, uh, David Camp. Four years, $2.5 million with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay, yesterday, the big deal was Pierre-Luc Dubois. And no yeah. surprise that it's L.A. You guys have talked about it last week as that being a real possibility. Um, we don't need to get too much into the deal because we kind of hashed it out a little bit yesterday. But now I look at L.A. and I say, okay, Jared Anderson Dolan needs a new deal. They've got to fill out their defense, probably with some of the young guys coming up. Um but they still need a goalie and they don't have a whole heck of a lot of cap space to do this. Uh, Do you anticipate that there is another somewhat big move coming here from Rob Blake and company in LA? Well, I anticipate it because they think that has to, right? Like you just, you just said everything out there Like people were wondering about the return that the jets got and they got a really good return. Mm -hmm. A lot of that was also because, you know, LA, like if you look at their cap situation, they're right at it. Like, there is no way L.A. could have made this deal without some of these players being included. And I give a lot of credit to the Jets for taking, for seeing that and, and using it to their advantage. So um, I, I would think that goaltending, yes. I would think that um, maybe on the wings, potentially. But they've got, what have they got, like 15, 14 players signed, something like that. So you've got to fill out your roster. So I would think there's going to be more coming from there. Yeah, and then from the Winnipeg perspective, um, and we'll talk to Ken Weave about this in a, in a few minutes, but do you anticipate that the rest of the week is super busy here for Kevin Sheveldeff? Oh, yeah. I'm assuming that Blake Wheeler, they've got to, well, they're going to have to make a decision on can we trade him or are we buying him out? Uh, the other question is, uh, is Connor Hellebuck? Um, I'm assuming both of those, uh, Hellebuck and even Mark Shifley can carry into the summer, but... Um, it's decision time soon for Blake Wheeler. Do you think it ends up being a trade or do you think it ends up being a buyout? Uh, I think I think that it's a, a situation. 
Well, let me, I'm just going to mute myself here. I'm just going to say hi to someone. I'm going to answer your question. No problem. As Elliot Friedman says, hi to someone. Maybe it's someone he's asking for directions because he did get lost while breaking the David Camp signing, which thankfully he did on this show. Uh, that's why you tune in. I think Elliot is back. Sorry, I'm did back. You, I'm back. Who yeah. did you say hi uh, to? That was so important. No, that, that's none of your business. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, I, I, I think this... Um, I think Wheeler, I, I do think there are teams that have talked to the Jets about trading for Wheeler. The thing is, like if someone said to me was, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're, if it's, if, if you're trading for him, you're still going to have to pay uh, 4 million, right? Because the max the Jets can keep is 50%. It's 4 million of cap space. I, just, you know, I don't know what the actual salary is, but it's 4 million of cap space. And if you trade for him or if you sign him as a UFA, then you could have a situation potentially where you can sign him for a lot less than that. So for there to be a trade, you're going to have to explain to me why uh, that would make sense. Yeah, that, that, my thoughts exactly. And it's uh, it's it's pretty, I mean, it's a lot of money to eat for, for the Winnipeg Jets, but it may be something that, well, they don't have a choice but to do. Um, okay. The trade from today, and I guess we can kind of lump it in with one of the trades from yesterday. So Alex Newhook goes from Colorado to Montreal for pick 31 and 37, and then Colorado flips pick 37 for Ross Colton. Now Colorado's biggest issue last year in the playoffs was they didn't have a ton of depth and they've added Johansson. They've added Ross Colton. Um, how do you, how do you see the job ahead for Chris McFarland? Because they still have to do the Byram extension and they've still got to round out their forward group. Um, is Chris McFarland someone we should be keeping an eye on, especially with pick 31? I, well, I, I thought they were going to do something. I don't know what else they're still going to do here. Um, you know, they, it's a nice bit of business for them. Basically, they traded Newhook for a 31 and Colton. Yeah. If you look at that way, Colton and 37. It's a, it's a really good, uh, he's a really good player. I really like Colton. You know, last year they had trouble at center, as you mentioned, and now they're going to run it back with McKinnon and Johansson and Colton. I, I really like that depth. I like Colton. He's a really competitive guy. Um, you know, the Avalanche have done some good business here. They let everybody know that, you know, they don't want to be a one and done. They want more. Um, and I think it, like I'll see what else they're, I'll see them today. I'll see what else. But the one thing I do know is that they informed JT Comfer that they're not going to be able to meet what his requests, and he's going to hit the market. So Comfer's a free agent. It's hard to find centers. He just had uh, a really good season, and I think there's a really good player out there who's available now. And and uh, I'm sorry, this is such a mess, Matt. Like I'm, it's just like I found where I was going. I'm <laughs> I'm in the right uh, spot. Listen, Fridge, The only thing that's important is if you find where you're going. Uh, we want we we really appreciate your safety here. So we don't we don't want yeah, you to thanks. get in any sort of trouble. Don't go out down any back alleys that you don't know where they end up. Um, okay. Uh, daylight. Yeah, that's true. Um, the other uh, the other part of that whole thing with with the abs was moving Alex Newhook. Now, for those that don't know, Alex Newhook's agent before he left to become the GM of the Montreal Canadiens was Ken Hughes. And there's some familiarity there. And and much like I see the deal with Ross Colton, as I do with Alex Newhook and Martin St. Louis alluded to this yesterday, they have a plan here 
that Alex Newhook is going to have a bigger role. And and maybe we get to see the best of Alex Newhook. Maybe we get to see the best of Ross Colton because they're going to be given more responsibility. They were playing behind guys that they couldn't jump in the lineup. And now both of them have an opportunity to really flourish in their new spots. Yes, they, they absolutely do. Like, look at the Canadians. Like, one thing they're, they're really showing right now is they know how to develop players, right? Or <clears throat> improve the confidence of players. Like, Alex Newhook is a really talented guy. This was a first-round pick. Just unfortunately, <laughs> the role that Colorado needed him to play, he wasn't ready for that yet. Now, that doesn't mean he can't be ready for it somewhere in the future, but Colorado is in the now. And he goes to a team where, as you mentioned, the GM knows him. The coach empowers players. He makes them better. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's a great spot for, for him. Um, and, you know, like the Canadians are building. They can be a little bit more patient. I, I, you know, to me, like, like, like I said, you look what Colorado did with this trade. Like that's a win, 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 win. Like I think it's a win for Newhook. It's a win for the Canadians. It's a win for the Avalanche. And they get a, it's a win for Colton. So, you know, I, I like things where everybody works out. I'm, I'm, I'm a nice guy. I like to see people do well. You, you are a nice guy. You're right. Yeah. You, you got one thing right today, Fridge. If you're wrong the rest of the day on anything that you report, you did get it right. You are a nice guy. Um, what's going on in Calgary, not super nice, but almost uh, to the point where, well, they don't have a choice. And yesterday, I guess I, I call it the rebrand of the Calgary Flames. They move... Tyler Toffoli, they get their well-traveled third-round pick back, and they also get Yegor Sharangovich, who they signed to a two-year extension. Um, from the Calgary perspective, the return is good for a guy with one year left on his deal. They get a young player in return plus a pick. Um, do we anticipate that Calgary is busy leading up to free agency, or is this something that, again, much like a lot of things it feels like, that's going to carry past July 1? Um, I... Sorry, you, I lost you there for a sec. Can you uh, repeat that just, one? Just Calgary. What Their oh, yeah. moves upcoming, do, are these ones that we anticipate are done before July 1 or like a lot of things that I think we're going to see they'll carry past July 1? Well, I think they could carry some of this stuff past July 1st. Like, you know, I said last night, someone did tell me if one flame was going this week, it was the folding. He was the most likely to go, and, and, and that turned out to be true. So... Um, you know, I, 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 that was right. So Lindholm, I think they're still waiting. Hannafin, I, I just heard nothing imminent. Um, I think the Flames are getting a lot of calls on their defensemen. Uh, Hannafin, Zadorov, um, or a lot of Tanev. Like a lot of people just sort of like, okay, what do you think in there? What's going on there? Because these are all guys who've got one year away. Backlund. I don't know that any of this other stuff is, is really close. Um, I heard Toffoli was the one that was most close. They still haven't put a deadline on Lindholm. So I kind of look at it as, um, you know, I always hate making proclamations right now because it's so frenzied, Matt, that, you know, I could say something and I'll look like an idiot in two minutes because it turns out to be completely wrong. But the one guy I heard was guaranteed to go this week or as guaranteed as we get was Toffoli and nothing else was guaranteed to happen. So, that's what I'm going with. And that's a and that's a nice pickup for the Devils. I mean, Sh- Sharon Govich was basically a guy that they weren't going to be able to sign, or, or maybe they didn't want to. But either way, it was a piece that they could move. The third-round pick, when you have such a 
good young roster plus guys that are coming up through the system. Like Alexander Holtz isn't there. Um, we expect Nemec to be there. Like you've got some high end talent that's coming up through your system. You can afford to make moves like that. Toffoli brings cup experience. He can score goals. And for my money fits in quite nicely with Jack Hughes and Timo Meyer on, on that top line. Uh, yes, I, I do agree with that. I think New Jersey is going to be a really, really tough team to beat next year. Like that's, there's going to be a lot of people picking Jersey to win the cup, depending on what they do in goal. Well, that was, uh, that I was going to be my next I, question. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I don't have a good answer for you yet. Um, but they're, they're looking at, I mean, they're looking at Hellebuck. If the Boston goalies are available, I'm sure they're talking to them too. There's a lot of goalies out there. There's a lot of goalies out there. Do you think that the goalie market is, I mean, like you mentioned, there's a lot out there, but is that going to really water down the prices for these guys? Like, is Winnipeg going to get nearly what they were hoping for for Connor Hellebuck if they decide? I mean, it looks like they're going to probably try and move him, but... With all these goalies available, maybe Hellebuck's a bad example. Maybe Allmark's a bad example. But other guys like a John Gibson or in free agency, a Frederick Anderson, um, are those prices for those guys, one in free agency, one in trade, are they going to be a lot less than maybe they would have been a year ago just because of how saturated this market has become? Sorry, which team? Whoever. Like, I mean, if it's John Gibson, if you're trading for, yeah, if you're trading yeah. for John Gibson, uh, that price maybe was higher a year ago. If you, you know, if you tried to sign Freddie Anderson last off season, that price is probably higher. It just feels like uh, the returns for these guys, one with the money in Anderson's case and another in a trade for Gibson's case, not nearly going to be as much as we thought. I, you know what? I think that's a really good question. I, you know, I just think right now that there's so many goalies out there. You have your pick. Do you want a free agent? Do you want somebody with term? Do you want somebody you have to extend? There's there's guys who can play 65 games. There's guys who are 1B. There's guys who are solid twos. Like, there are a lot of goalies out there. And I just, I'm kind of waiting. Like, Blackwood, New Jersey wasn't even going to qualify him. I thought they did good to get a sixth-round pick for him. I, I just think it's really, like, I don't have a good answer for you yet because Hellebuck should get a dynamite return, but some teams are scared of the next contract. There's really a different feeling on Gibson. Some people really like him, but some people told me they're afraid of the, like the core abdominal injury history. You know, all Mark, like I think a lot of people are watching to see what Boston does there. Um, I, I think what, what it comes down to is, is there a guy you really want? And if there's a guy you really want, you'll pay more of a premium for them. Is, do you think UC Saros is also in that conversation? Because they no, have they have a... Sca- I don't, I don't, so do I don't you think, think a Scarov might him. be then? You know what? No, because he's still young. The guy's not ready to play 60 NHL games yet. I, I mean, look, anyone can get traded, but I don't, I don't see the need to move to trade him. Because I was talking with my producer before the show, and we've heard a lot about Montreal and pick five. We've heard a lot about Nashville trying to move up. And the first name that we that we both thought of was Askarov because he's young, he fits the timeline. And if Nashville has decided they're going to keep UC Soros, 
well, you could you can move a goalie if you need to, and it's probably Askarov and something else, but that would be a hell of a splash for both the Predators and the Montreal Canadiens. I'm just throwing it out there as maybe an idea because Montreal needs some goaltending for the future, and wouldn't that be look, a nice like, little look, coup? Look at Montembeau. Like, like you are, they already have a guy there who's you know had a pretty, pretty decent year last year, and he just won a gold medal at the World Championships. Like, I mean, I understand Askarov is a heck of a prospect, but you know what? I wonder... You know, I wonder what uh, if you're if Montreal is looking at Montembeau right now. By the way, one more thing I could say about the Leafs. I, I, I just had it in my notes here. I just mm-hmm. remembered while my brain is going in 97 <laughs> different directions. Uh, I think they're going to add some beef down the lineup. Okay. Like, I wouldn't be surprised that they're looking. And I'm not necessarily saying it's going to be these guys. But, like, I wonder about, like, an Austin Watson or I wonder about like a Ryan Reeves. I, I, I like I like that's what a couple of people have said to me. They think the Leafs are gonna try to make their bottom six a little heavier. I, I wondered about Austin Watson last year, uh, and that didn't come to fruition. But uh, the other guy, maybe uh, you were just early. I, that, it's I mean it happens. It happens. You know all my insider knowledge that I have. Um, the other guy that that was made available. Uh, you know, to to maybe negotiate a deal with was from New Jersey, and that's Miles Wood. Is that someone that you that's think another, could fit in with the Toronto? That's Maple another Leafs? one. That's another good one. I mean, I think his <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> I think his contract might end up being a little bit higher, mm-hmm. um, but I think that's the profile. Well, they definitely could use it. Um, speaking of the Toronto Maple Leafs, since we're on the subject. Uh, they also uh, Brad Living also announced that Sheldon Keith will be returning. Um, like you said, they may be punting the uh, the assistant coach decision into July. Um, just speaking about Brad Treliving, like they they have a late first round pick. They've talked about using it, but if they want to add some of that beef that you're talking about, could they use that pick and some prospects and try and add somebody? Like I know people want to throw Tom Wilson's name out there, and I don't. I feel like he's not going anywhere from Washington, but could that be an avenue as well? Uh, aside from free agency, that they start to add a little bit of size in that bottom six, or or even in the top six if they wanted to. Again, you talking about Toronto? Yeah. Uh, I think that, uh, look, I think they're going to, look, I think the first order of business for the top six is Matthews, which we all think will happen, and Nylander, which I don't know. Like, I honestly don't know. I Like I, I said on the pod this morning, it's a wrestling match. And, uh, you know, Hulk Hogan hasn't delivered the leg drop yet, so it's not over. <laughs> they're still they're still wrestling. Um, uh, you know, like I think it's going to be a challenge. I, I do, and we'll see where that goes as the week progresses. Um, uh, the bottom six, like I just told you, I think they're going to try to get a bit beefier, and I think though, like you know, one thing again, I'm I'm talking out of my head here, so I don't want anyone to take me out of context here. There was a time I think truly, I, I think it was when Reese signed a three year deal with Vegas. You know, when True Living was the GM in Calgary, he made a real run at him, and he thought he had him. Now, in Minnesota, I saw Bill Guerin quote yesterday. I think it was in a story by either Joe Smith or Michael Russo that they're trying to keep him, and I'm sure they are because he fits their identity. But I know True Living likes Reeves. So we'll see. see. But that was a few years ago. We'll see how he feels now. But like that Reeves, Watson, Miles Wood, I don't think Tom Wilson's available, so I'm not going to throw that out there. But I think that kind of a profile is what they're looking at. 
I, I'm going to throw a name out there at you, and I wonder about this one because he killed them in the playoffs seemingly every time he played them. Is Corey Perry a guy that they might look at for that bottom six? I wondered about that. You know, Corey Perry wanted to play in Toronto. When he signed with Montreal, he wanted to play here. So, like, I'm knowing that, unless it's changed, and I haven't heard differently, I mean, I haven't asked him recently, uh, I would I would throw that out there. Sure, why not? It's that time of year. Let's throw everything and see, and see what sticks. Yeah. Um, okay, as we look ahead to the draft tonight, and and I, I mentioned a bunch of names that are still out there, like guys that we we are pretty certain that are out there. You know, your Carlson's, your you know potentially Nylander, Hellebuck. Like you can go down the list. Um, as it pertains to the draft tonight, though, do you do you think that with everything that's going on, that there's going to be a lot of movement with picks? Because there's a lot of talk about players, and you can always package players and picks to move up. But do you think that there's going to be a lot of movement in the draft order tonight? Yes, I do. And, and I think, but I think it's, it's like, we, we know who's going number one. Yeah. I think there's a couple of linchpin spots. Number two, Anaheim. That guy could do anything. Verbeek's a bold guy. He's not afraid to throw. Uh, he's not afraid to do something different or unexpected. Um, I, so that's number one. Um, I think, you know, I, I think Columbus keeps the pick. San Jose said they're keeping the pick. And then Montreal, I think I think Montreal will consider moving down. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that they are they're looking at uh, stuff to do. Um, I think they're looking at stuff to do, um, and and I think they will consider moving down. I think Washington thought they could get Mishkov at eight. Now I think they're not so sure. So I think they're possibly going to move up. Um, there's a, there's a lot going on out there, and I think. It might just depend on. I think Anaheim could start a big chain reaction if they do something different at at uh, at two. Well, I hope they don't do my my dude from Nobleton, Ontario, bad. I hope that they're taking Adam Fantilli because that's a great story for a little town that I grew up in, Elliot. And we all need those every once in a while. Yes, I, I know. I, I look. If it was me and I was picking two, I'd take Fantilli. Yeah. But there's a reason I'm doing these interviews with you and not running a team. Hey, Elliot, the way the week is going, who knows? Maybe you could get a GM job offer. I don't know. It's, there's a lot of crazy things out no there. No way. <laughs> no way. Well, you know all the GMs, so you're already 10 steps ahead of everybody else. So, I mean, it's a good start. Um, okay, listen, you've been very generous with your time. I know you're a very busy man. Uh, hopefully you're a little bit less busy. No, I want you to be busy. I want a lot of things to happen. Um, enjoy the rest of the day. Enjoy the draft tonight, and we'll chat with you tomorrow. Oh, just one more. Uh, sure. Like, okay, so the actual AV on camp, I think I was calling it comp the whole interview. Camp is, is 2.4. Okay. So that's the number. Um, and... Uh, and, you know, we were talking about O'Reilly and someone heard the interview and they just said to me, I think we're going to have some clarity on, on O'Reilly and his situation if he's coming back or not soon. Okay. Soon was the answer. All yeah. right. That, that's good. People listen to the show. I'm impressed. Um, you know, I got to tell you, Marquesi, I just want to say I'm really sorry. Like, no, I, I, know I, I, I know I have the attention span of a cat. <laughs> like normally this was worse than normal. You're. Elliot, you broke news on this show. I'm never going to fault you for that. You're always generous with your time. I'm never going to fault you for being an insider and being busy in probably the busiest time of the year. All good. Go charge your phone and uh, have fun the rest of the day. We'll talk. We'll talk tomorrow. 
All right, buddy. Take care. There he goes. Elliot Friedman, Hockey Night in Canada, and 32 Thoughts.